Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are now through three days of training camp, and we are going to recap some of the newsworthy items of the third day. thought Barry had a presser before we got into practice sessions. His presser revealed some interesting things to me. His contracts in season was a note he made that they will not just have conversations about contracts with players out of season, but they will in season have contract discussions too, which is important to note because we know there are a bevy of players who are eligible for those extensions. To me, when I heard this, it felt like there was a couple names that came to mind. Wyatt Teller being one of them, do you want to see just how good the guard was? Does he continue to be as effective as he was last season? I think that's an important name to consider. I think Ronnie Harrison is another name, keeps practicing well, which today, uh, unfortunately, he he left with, uh, I think, a hamstring issue. We'll see if he's able to push through that, just how serious it was. But nonetheless, if Harrison plays well, which John Johnson III has noted how alarmingly uh, positive he is about uh, where Harrison is, his physical shape, his on-field skill, a guy that he hopes is around Cleveland for a long time. And uh, those two are the biggest ones. Nick Chubb could happen, but they already know who Nick Chubb is. They don't need a season to to see that. You know, a halfway through the season scenario, uh, we know who Nick Chubb is three years into the league. You know, we're, we're looking for a little bigger window into the sample size of consistency from both Wyatt and Ronnie. Uh, that, that, that those two struck me as, as, as potential early candidates in season. It just feels like, and even if you if you pay attention to the Bills, uh, they're, they're talking about it's sort of letting out the same thing the Browns are, where it's a situation of not if but when they will sign their quarterback. It's It seems to be trending in Buffalo toward the direction of uh, we, we're going to, to table this thing after you know maybe two or three more weeks of discussions. They, I'm not totally sure. I don't follow it closely to know how deep into discussions that they have gotten, but I know that there was a, a little clip I read today about, about Josh Allen saying he knows he's going to happen, it's going to work out, it's a, not, it's, a, it's a win, not if thing, and it's not worth stressing about. Focus on the season. I feel like that's a lot of what's going on with Baker Mayfield. While the Browns want to see more from Baker to, uh, to justify the money and all of that, I think that helps. And Baker wants to give more sample size. He wants to keep proving himself to be among the top class of the NFL to make more money. It works for both sides in that regard. So I don't, you know, a lot of people talk about getting Baker done. Well, I think that the the, the benefit of the Browns doing it early is that they don't have to uh, pay him as much, right? You can get out in front of it and pay him a little early. Well, it feels like Baker might not be uh, so, so agreeable to that scenario. So, uh, and, and you, I, I think we got to take a step back and sort of understand that both sides have to come together on that sort of deal. So I do think it'll happen, just like... I'm sure Baker and Andrew Barry, who has nothing but positive things to say about him today, but I think it's just trending toward an end of 2021, uh, 2022 offseason type of deal. Just uh, could be wrong. Deal could be announced tomorrow, but it uh, just feels like that right now. Other important updates uh, that we put up at the OBR, 
uh, specifically talking about Andrew Berry saying that 100% of the coaching staff and support staff are vaccinated, which is awesome. You don't see a Rick Dennison situation where you lose an important part of your coaching staff because a guy won't take the vaccine. I think it's important, vital, the Browns got that done. It's awesome. And then also, and again, if you're, I'm not here to, to, to spew one side or the other on vaccinations. I, I've made it pretty vocal that I believe you should do it, but I'm not going to look down on anyone who shouldn't uh, or who decides not to, whatever, do your thing. Uh, I just think it in this uh, climate of the NFL, it's it's pretty wise to get the vaccine because it helps you, uh, it helps your team, benefits those around you and on the team and gives you a competitive advantage. Look at no better scenario to look at than the Colts who have several key members of their roster unvaccinated, a large portion of it. It's causing them problems. Their head coach is already missing time. Nobody wants that, right? He said, Andrew Barry, that not over 90% of the team, over 90%, so well past the 85% threshold that gave your team advantages, over 90% of the team was vaccinated. Important members of the defensive secondary are getting vaccinated. I can't confirm or deny who those are, but important members. And I think that's a, a really vital thing to understand uh, is that, that over 90% is either vaccinated or in, on the cusp of uh, uh, being through the second shot. So that's really positive because from a, from a Browns on-field competitive standpoint with the threats the NFL has made about, you know, pulling games or whatever, if a game is, is missed because of a breakout from a non-vaccinated player that you could have to forfeit that game, you don't want to see your team put in that position. So really encouraging to me to uh, see that. I, I think it's important for this team to be as good as it can be, and we all hope it can be, to get that done. J.C. Treader noted about the wristbands. He doesn't like the idea, doesn't like the public shaming that can come with guys wearing a yellow wristband if they're vaccinated, a red wristband if they're not vaccinated. I get why some teams are doing it from a perspective of, of access to certain portions of the field or access to certain things after practice, but it does shine a negative light. I think J.C. Treader's always going to be fair, even if he thinks people don't agree with the things he should he is agreeing with, the, you know, the science, whatever. He's always going to try to be fair to those players in the union. He's doing that by arguing against this. I think J.C. Treader continues to be a really great leader for the Browns. Uh, really, really pleased with his NFLPA presence. And um, I think he said the right things about the wristband theory. JOK also was something noted from, from Andrew Barry that he is, is very plugged into practice. Again, it appears he has to miss the mandated 10 days, so he was unvaccinated. He, uh, he's, but, but he's very plugged into practice. I'm sure he's watching it live. I'm sure he's getting tons of breakdowns. He's already accustomed to the, to the uh, remote learning uh, lifestyle that came with last year, which is beneficial, right? Because this year, you're used to it. You have a feel for it. While last year, coming into the year, and even his time at Notre Dame, they were doing uh, virtual meetings, things of that nature. And he probably wasn't accustomed to it, but this year there can be an understanding of what he needs to do, where he needs to be. I hope he comes back when his time is up and uh, is able to fully function and get a, get you know hit the hit the ground uh, with his with uh, with some level of learning, some level of understanding, and feel like he's ready to go when he does get to camp. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Denzel Ward spoke with media as well. He said he is up to 190. said he usually plays in the low 180s. When I think of Denzel Ward putting on weight, I think it's an important thing for him because I go back to that Travis Kelsey move in the playoffs where if he's going to cover guys who are big, physical, strong players at the point of attack, think Mike Evans. We get a tight end like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or somebody like that. Bigger wide receivers chase Claypool types. You have to be able to handle physicality in routes, especially at the top of routes. He got, you know, sort of just kind of bounced off Travis Kelsey trying to get his hands on on a double move. He was a non-factor, fell, slipped, couldn't do anything with the physicality. Obviously, Travis Kelsey ends up scoring on that play. Um, I think Denzel Ward is great. Quick twitch guy. Any type of receiver who's on the smaller side that he runs up against, he's always played them well. You know, guys like John Brown back when he was with, with uh, or even Hollywood Brown now that he's with Baltimore. Uh, those guys are guys that he's always played well. Deshaun Jackson when he was with Tampa his rookie year. Like, those are guys he's pretty continually played well. If guys aren't super physical wide receivers, which not there's not a ton of really, really big physical wide receivers, but that's never been his M.O. It's never been the type of guy he's thrived against. Give him a smaller guy or a slender guy, he usually can handle them because he's quicker. He's faster to the point that uh, you know the player wants to get to. He's able to handle the ball on arrival, all that stuff. So he's even played Antonio Brown pretty well in his career, uh, especially during the peak powers of Antonio Brown. But phys- bigger physical guys kind of can give him some issues. We'll see if he's able to maintain that 190 he says he's at. I think he's an, he's just going to be a 180 slender guy his whole career, which is you know not the end of the world, but uh, at least something to consider if we see some better level of physical play or if he can handle those. You know, I, again another one I go back to is AJ Brown. Denzel struggled mightily at the beginning of 2019 in that opening game, and that's another big physical wide receiver that gave him fits. Those type of guys, the DK Metcalfs of the world, uh, are, are are just types that he's not quite equipped to handle, and really you know not a ton of a ton of corners are, but you know, he's just not a big guy. He's never going to be a big guy. And I think that that is why he plays the way he does. He mirrors. He doesn't jam. He doesn't put his hands on all that much. He'll mirror you. He'll stay in front of you. Those things are great. But there's sometimes we have to have physicality to really win at the point of attack, whether that's, at the, again, at the top of a route or on the ball's arrival. Those things are where Denzel has to get better. He thinks putting on a little weight can help. I'm behind it. Another thing I wanted to share was uh, the Athletic Podcast, Robert May's podcast, did have Drew... Uh, Drew Petzig, which is the Browns' tight ends coach, um, he had him on, not totally sure the timestamp. it's like in the last 13 minutes of the podcast if you want to listen to it. Always enjoy coaches going on podcasts for Cleveland Browns, especially because I think they, they, they don't give anything away, but they do give you nuggets, and I thought his uh, interview on there was really interesting about how the Browns self-scout, some of the things that they didn't expect happened that did happen last year, and kind of where they go from there. And uh, just just the process. I like he talk, how he talks about how they come up with their weaknesses, how they come up with things they didn't know they did the season before, maybe to the degree that they were doing. All that stuff is really interesting. So go check that out. I wanted to share that podcast with you. 
Um, other notes from practice today. There were a couple A.J. Green sightings, which I really enjoyed seeing. I thought that it, it looks like the Browns are going to be hunting for that fifth, sixth corner. To me, their top four is pretty secure. Granted, everyone stays healthy. You know, Denzel Greedy, Troy Hill, Greg Newsom, all your top four. Then it's like they kept six last year in the preseason uh, into the regular season. So there's three guys that come to mind as potential roster fits. MJ Stewart, he's got flexibility. He's been around the team. He's been around the system. Could be a leading candidate there. Uh, Robert Jackson, he played a little bit at the end of the year last year, if you recall, when COVID-19 struck, took away some people and some injuries occurred. And then... A.J. Green, who's the Oklahoma State undrafted free agent, who they kept around for a lot of last year and on the practice squad. He saw a little bit of active roster time, but not much. So that four, that fifth and sixth corner spot is available for three guys. You know, So I don't know how that's going to shake out, but you just want to see pop plays. If you caught, I think Cameron Justice posted it. A couple other people posted it, but A.J. Green had a nice breakup on a square end. That breakup led to a ball flying in the air. And being picked off by Elijah Lee for a touchdown. And then the Browns put out their B-roll film. They put out some quick little highlights, two-minute video. They put it out every day. Uh, they they ended up uh, showing a clip of A.J. Green breaking up another pass. So I just you want to see corners around the ball. And I think that's really important. And A.J. Green has a chance to, to make the roster here, be the first productive cornerback from Oklahoma State on the Browns. Shout out Justin Gilbert. Uh, it would be really cool to see A.J. Green make the roster and step up and be a wise use of money because they paid him really Really well, we talk about what they paid Marvin Wilson. Got to talk about, too, what they paid A.J. Green last year, which is a pretty similar number. They believed in him, so I hope that they get paid off for that belief because he could make the end of the roster, be a special teams guy, be a, a corner that can rotate in. He's got the skill to do it. It's just a matter of finding the level of mental cognition, understanding, and intense anticipation at the NFL level. If he can get there, that would be huge. It would be really huge. So uh, I'm going to keep my eye on A.J. Green, uh, particularly at practice on, on Saturday. Uh, Derek Willies announces his retirement. It's tough. You know, I talked about this in the wide receiver preview, and I've talked about it with uh, Stephen Thomas, Brown's mock draft, quite a bit. We like Willies. Kind of liked his ability to run in space, thought he created some separation, could be a go-ball vertical guy, kind of like Donovan Peoples-Jones in a sense, and he just couldn't stay healthy. You know, he was obviously on the field for some of 2018. It was a pretty cool story, especially after that Ravens game where he had that huge catch in... Uh, Catching overtime, I think that game got to overtime, I believe, and he just had that ridiculously huge catch over the middle where he takes off. You know, Baker scrambles right. Everybody can see Willie's kind of floating toward the middle on a dig route where he, he's sort of mirroring Baker at that point. Baker finds him. It turns into about a 40, 50-yard gain, and then they kick the field goal to win it. I'll always remember him for that. That was a really cool moment in the stories that came out afterwards. I believe Dan Labby from Cleveland.com wrote a really cool story on his his upbringing where he came from, all that stuff that, that all tied in together. So it's cool Willie's, to see Willie's get a minute in the NFL and make something of it. I think I think some knee injuries have caused him to uh, um, you know, get to the point where he just can't comfortably play anymore. We'll see if more comes out in the coming days. But it was a you know, it was a pretty big surprise. He was one of the guys who were outside the top six receivers who some of us thought had a chance to become a part of this thing if he had a, a fantastic preseason it'd be tough to crack the top six but at least thought he could become a part of things so um you know shout out to to Derek Willies a nice little nice little run for an undrafted player non-d1a guy and uh you know he made some plays he made a key play that uh, resulted in in 2018 at that time which was one of the few Browns wins over the last decade so it was really Really good to see him get those moments. I'm, I'm wishing him nothing but happiness 
and uh, and wherever retirement takes him. And I'm sure the Browns will do right by him and and uh, and make sure that he's okay in that transition. But yeah, they're they're a little thinner at wide receiver. They still have two guys on the practice squad in Switzer and Jamarcus Bradley, who uh, Baker threw a touchdown to today that that stand out as interesting guys on the practice squad. But you know. Uh, the football's a it's a fickle thing it's a tough sport you can come and go you can be on top of the mountain one week and and the next week not dressing and your future's in question it's it's a tough tough sport with a lot of turnover I'm happy Willie's got some time to shine I'm happy he had moments in the NFL and uh, again nothing but the nothing but the best to him I will be at practice uh, which will be Saturday afternoon be at practice Saturday afternoon will be at practice there is no practice Sunday. Uh, there's one open Monday. If anyone has tickets they want to share, I'm just trying to go and sit in the stands. I don't want to go as a media credential member. I could have had that opportunity. I don't want to. I don't want to be on the sideline. It's a terrible view of what's actually going on. So I'm trying to get a ticket, go sit up in the bleachers, have a high vantage point, and come back and give you podcast information here and on Twitch that's actually good information, really insightful stuff, so that you can take something from what I'm telling you and learn uh, and apply it. And, and, and I just want to give you good insights. That's all I want to do, and I think I can do that best from sitting up high. I won't take any video necessarily, but I can give you that insight sitting up high rather than on the sideline. I can't get a great feel for who's on the field and what happened and why it happened, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'll be there. If you see me, shout out hello. Um, it'll be it'll be good to, to see Browns fans around the team again after so long, especially not seeing anybody in Berea in 2020. Uh, it'll be cool to see that. So I'll be there. Check it out. I'll let you guys know about Monday if I come across tickets. But at least I'll be there today, and I'll be there Tuesday, their first padded practice. Before we go, man, touching on Carson Wentz. Unlucky break for the Colts, um, just from an NFL news perspective. Seems like the foot injury keeps getting worse and worse. Be thankful Baker Mayfield's in Cleveland. Has some consistency. You don't have to worry about the quarterback position because now the Colts are scrambling. Jacob Eason, could they trade for someone like Marcus Mariota? I don't know. It's always why it was dangerous for Chris Ballard to put all of the eggs in the Carson Wentz, uh, re, you know, resurrection project of that guy figuring out his career. Really dangerous thing to try to do. Guys, injury prone as it is, and then you risk, uh, you risk, you know, the picks you give up and all of that on a guy who, who might not play. So Baker hasn't missed a game again. Knock on wood, he's been durable, good enough to win plenty of games with him. You feel good about that? Could take some huge strides. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Huge strides in the next year. Tough for Carson Wentz, though, man. That guy, another example of being on top of the NFL Hill and being knocked down and how quickly that can happen to you. It's uh, it's a tough sport. It's a really tough sport. But listen, I'm excited about getting out to camp. I will see you guys uh, hopefully today. If you're there, again, shout out, say hello. Otherwise, I'll check back in, record Saturday night, and have a podcast for you recapping day four of camp with some actual on-site insights. Pretty pumped about it. You guys have a great day, a great Saturday, and we will check in with you tomorrow, Sunday morning, and uh, and, and we will link up, talk some more Browns. Thanks for checking out this quick-hitting training camp podcast. As usual, until we talk next time, go Browns.